All right, we are live. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another tense to get our acts together. Today is March 10th, 2022 and week 162. If you're new around here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform, podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, it says, take heed of yourselves. We have to take heed of ourselves, save ourselves. We can't be looking at what others are doing. We have to be ye also ready, as Jesus said. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, I hope you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. Let us go into a word of prayer. If you guys have the opportunity to do so, please join in with us. Gracious Lord, thank you for being the loving God that you are. Lord, we thank you for uh, all the many blessings that you continually bestow upon us, Lord. How you continue to shield and protect us from seen and unseen dangers, Lord. How you continue to just watch over us uh, with your loving arm, with your arms stretched forth, with your hands stretched forth towards us, Lord, day in and day out. Lord, we uh, we're coming before you asking, Lord, that you would just continue to be with us, Lord, that you would just continue to help our minds, help our understanding, Lord. Just help us as people, as children of God to uh, continue to grow into the people that you're calling for us to be, Lord. And, and most importantly, Lord, we're praying and asking that at the end of the day, no matter what it is that we don't achieve, that we wanted to, no matter what things we didn't get that we wanted to in life, Lord, just help us and bless us to be saved because we understand that is the ultimate goal above everything else. And so, Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight that someone that we all actually would just hear something, that we would, uh, something would touch our hearts, that it would light that fire in us, that it would just keep us going. Uh, Lord, we're asking that you would just open our eyes, our ears, and our understanding. Lord, we're praying all these blessings. And one thing we try not to forget is that, Lord, help us to remember no matter what, there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. And so, Lord, we're praying these blessings in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, take heed to yourselves. We're coming from the book of Luke, chapter 21. And let's pick up what Jesus said here, because we understand, as Melvin brought up, it's easy for us to look at one another. It's easy for us to look at everybody else in the world. You know, most of our day, we're spending not looking at ourselves. We're spending most of our day looking at one another. Uh, if you can see the image that we have as our background, uh, you'll see a, looks like a little boy here, uh, looking at himself in a mirror. And we know we don't spend very much time looking in the mirror. Now, I know uh, a lot of women spend more time than guys generally looking in a mirror. However, it's not an all-day thing. We look in the mirror, and then we go away. And we don't know what has uh, gotten on our face, blue in our hair, blue on our face. We don't know what stuff is going on on our face till someone says, hey, you got something on your nose. And you're like, what? Is it off? <laughs> And so 
this happens because most of the time we're looking at someone else or something else because that's just the way our eyes are positioned. Our eyes are positioned looking out. So we understand even from a natural standpoint, from a physical standpoint, most of the time we're looking in other places, not at ourselves, not in a mirror, not at ourselves. And so Jesus has something uh, important he's wanting to tell us. And we're going to take a look at that today. Uh, Luke 21 and verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. He said, take heed to yourself. As we opened up talking about, we're taking heed to everyone else. Did you see what so-and-so did yesterday? Did you see so-and-so's Facebook? I'll look at what they're doing over there. Looks like they're having a good time. It's easy for us to look everywhere else. Sometimes we'll see people, uh, even in this verse, it said, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. We'll look at somebody else's heart. We say, wow, look at how they're acting. Look at their attitude. I can see what's in their heart. Their heart isn't right. But he said, take heed to yourself. Do you know what's in your own heart is the question. And this was something that had been on my mind as I began to look around and I said, you know, I can see what's, what's going wrong with this person or that person or, or them over there or him over there, whoever it is. And then I began, to, the thought came to my mind, can you see your own problem as easy as you can see someone else, someone else's? If you get into an argument with someone else, the first thing you're going to do is not point out what you did wrong. You're going to first point out what they did wrong. And you're going to say, well, I would not have did what I did if you didn't do what you did. So we're always taking heed to someone else. But Jesus wants us to take heed to ourselves. So we're going to look at that tonight. So he said, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any times, at any time, your heart, you're going to be overcharged. Let's keep reading here, man. And drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. He said, if you're not paying attention to your condition, the condition of your own heart. If you're not paying attention, you're not going to be ready for the return of Christ. Even in the prayer uh, before we started, I said our ultimate goal, at least mine, and I, and I know it's a lot of other people's, our ultimate goal is to be saved. That's our ultimate goal. And he's telling us here, if you continue to only look at everyone else, you're going to be overtaken, overcharged. Your heart's not going to be right because you'll be so wrapped up into so many things of this world. Focusing on having a good time. I just want to have fun. Some people just want to drink. He said, you'll be, your heart is only going to be focused on getting drunk. 
tasting all the new wines in the world, tasting all the new beer. That's what your heart's going to be focused on. He said the cares of this life. There's some things we want. But I can be overtaken if I start caring about that too much. I've told you guys so many times I'm learning to play keyboard. But I can be overtaken if that keyboard becomes the most important thing in my life. I can be overtaken, overcharged. My heart will not be right before God. It's easy for us to fall in this condition, having an impure, impure heart. Let's keep reading here. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. He said it's going to be a trap. And it's going to be a trap that you didn't even notice. We're going to go back up. We're going to go back up and we're going to come back to these verses, uh, Lord willing. But let's first go back up to verse 10 because there are a lot of things that Jesus uh, was trying to tell us here. You know what? Go up to verse 8. Let's go up to verse 8. Luke 21 and verse 8. He said, take heed to yourself now. We got to make sure we notice what's going on in our own hearts. Look at our actions. Look at the things we're doing. Look at the things we think about on a daily basis. Is your heart right? Talking to someone um, a few days ago, and they began to pour out the fact that their heart is not right. And that's good. But once we notice that, we got to go to work. We got to avoid things. There's some issues we know we have in life. And we have to take measures to avoid certain situations. If I know I struggle to drink, and I have a good buddy that I always hang out with to get drunk, then I don't need to be hanging out with him. These are the type of decisions we have to make. And so I'm using that as an example. But we have to recognize what is in our heart. Take heed to yourself. We can't keep talking about, well, if so-and-so didn't drink, I wouldn't. He said, no, take heed to yourself. You got to do what you need to do. So let's pick it up at verse 8 here. And he said, take heed that ye be not deceived. Same thing. Take heed now. You got to pay attention to some things. You got to pay attention. And that's one thing that doesn't happen very often when it comes to the word of God. We're not paying attention. Let's be honest with ourselves. We're not focused on the word of God. When it's time to hear the word, we've got all types of other things on our minds. We said, man, I sure am tired. Man, it's been a long day. We're not focused. We're not giving that full attention as we would any other thing that we love. So he said, take heed now. Listen up. Because if you don't, you're going to be deceived. Let's see what he said here. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. You know, so many people in the world that we live in are saying, I am a Christian. They say, I'm Christ-like. That's what we're saying. I'm a follower of God. And yet, we're not living the life that he told us 
He's displeased with us. The day is going to come upon us as a snare. And we're not going to be ready. Why? Because our hearts were not right before God. He said, only the pure at heart shall see God. Only the pure. Let's keep reading here. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. He said, don't keep following those people who are claiming to be Christ-like when they're not. He said, now pay attention. Pay attention. But not just to them. See, we do a good job of paying attention to other folks. It's easy for us to spot out some hypocrisy in someone else. We do a good job of that. But now we're going to get back to ourselves because that's really the focal point of this message. But Jesus did tell us now, pay attention to even what other people are doing so you're not deceived. You got to watch out. Scripture told us in one place, watch and pray. Be prayerful and watch. Observe what's going on. See, if we're not careful, if we're following the wrong people, the scripture tells us if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into the ditch. So he said, look, don't go after them if they're not leading you in the right direction. So we got to watch. Let's see what else he said, Mel. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. Now, I went up to these verses because... This is what we're experiencing right now. In our world, this is what we're experiencing right now. And this isn't the first time. We all know it's not the first time we've seen wars. We've heard rumors of wars. But Jesus told them even back then, above 2,000 years ago, he said, look, there's going to be wars, commotions, fightings, fightings over territories, fightings over uh, governmental uh, positions. Who's in authority? We're going to get to that. Let's keep going here. For these things must first come to pass, mm -hmm. but the end is not by and by. He says, not exactly the end yet, but it's close. The day is coming. It's close. So many people I talk to as I begin to talk to them about things that are going to take place at the end times, which are the times we're in now. They say, yeah, yeah, I just don't believe it's going to happen soon, though. You know, that's what the enemy wants us to think. We got so much time. We said, oh, well, I got time. I don't think it's going to happen just yet. I think I got a little bit more time. We think we got time to waste. And that sense of urgency is not there. We've talked about uh, redeeming the time before. That's what we, that's the time we that's what we need to be doing right now, making up for lost time. We know we're not where God told us to be, and we don't have a sense of urgency to get there. Just talked to someone even on today, found out someone had passed. They said. You know, I, I can't even, I can't believe so-and-so has passed. But people are leaving the scene. God is trying to let us know. Look, that day is coming. 
is coming quicker than you think. Every year, and we hadn't even started saying it yet, but every year, at the end of the year, we say, wow, man, it feels like the year just started. We say the same thing every year. At what point are you going to take heed that you don't have all the time you think you have? At what point are you going to recognize War after war is taking place. Right now, we're seeing the battle between Russia and Ukraine. And we've gotten involved. We're seeing our gas prices skyrocket. And now uh, we're expecting the gas prices to go up even more. And we just might actually even get physically involved in the war as far as fighting using warfare. And I've been wondering, and I'm not going to get into that, but I've wondered how is this going to play into the end times? And I'm not going to get into some some things I've thought about, but uh, if you want to talk about that, you can contact me um, after this study, but I don't, I want to stay on track here. Let's, let's keep, let's, let's read verse nine again. Let's start there again. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. He's giving us signs to know how close we are to the end. Somebody thinks they have time, though. He said, you better take heed. Take heed to yourself. Get yourself ready. The end is close. Go ahead, Mel. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Is that not what we're seeing right now? Nation against nation. You can say, well, these wars don't affect me. They directly affect you. We're we're seeing so many things God is allowing to happen. I'm going to get to it. Let's read. Let's keep reading down. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places. Earthquakes. We know we've seen so many catastrophic earthquakes. Somebody just doesn't pay attention to it because it might not directly affect them. They say, well, it didn't happen here. But there's earthquakes all over. Go ahead, Mel. And famines. Famines. Shortages of food. We're seeing these things. And I even want to take it a step further. There's shortages of supplies. Shortages of supplies, which also affects food. I was talking to, um, talking to, I believe it was one of my parents, and they were telling me how there's no gas in our hometown. No gas. It's a shortage. And these things are continuing to get worse. Go ahead, Mel. And pestilences. Diseases. I mean, look at how God has allowed us. We have went through COVID, still going through COVID. Now we can say, well, it's calmed down right now. Sure it has. But now think about how COVID has shaped and shifted our world, our economy, our lives. Think about how many people were out of work. Think about how all of us walking around with masks on. Now, whether you agree that it was real or not, some people say it's a hoax, whatever. 
But what you cannot disagree with is that it has completely shifted our world. And now we're having nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Now we're having wars, which are shifting our nation. It's shaping and molding our economy. Prices are changing. I remember uh, going to the store. Now, I don't know what it is right now, but I remember going uh, maybe a couple of months ago. I got a case of eggs. I used to get the same case of 60 eggs from Walmart now. Used to cost $5 and some change. I went again. It was $9 and some change. See, we're seeing some things take place right before our very eyes. And we're still thinking, well, I've got a lot of time. We're watching a shortage take place before our very eyes. We're watching this happen. So we're seeing diseases, shortages of food, shortages of supplies, earthquakes, wars, all these things happen. Jesus is trying to tell us, wake up, take heed. But he still told us somebody's not going to do it. It's going to catch them off guard. You know, the worst thing is being caught off guard. Somebody who you know, somebody you know, they can be standing behind you. You turn around, you jump. Oh, my goodness. You scared me. Why? Because you caught them off guard. Now, they're not afraid of you. They, they know you. It's your friend. But just because you caught them off guard, it made it so much worse. You know, God is going to catch someone off guard. And it's not going to be such a pleasant visit as they hoped. Because we're not taking heed to ourselves. So now, let's, let's start over in verse 11. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, mm -hmm. and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. People are afraid. When COVID hit, people were afraid. Now, people are afraid to go to war. People are afraid to be drafted, being sent to fight. People are afraid. What's going to happen to our economy? Can I afford to continue driving here and driving there when gas prices cut as they continue to go up? When food prices continue to go up? When supply prices, things we use every day, toilet paper, paper towel, when all these things keep going, how am I going to survive? Because my job, the paycheck isn't going up. We're looking at fearful times. Let's see what he says. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And the people who are trying to serve God, people are still going to talk bad about them, persecute them. I'm, ta I'm not talking about the hypocrites. I'm talking about the true followers of God. People are still going to persecute them. That's not going to change. People are still going to say, ah, they're crazy. 
They're talking about the end time. It's just a war. It's just a shortage of food. Things will be okay. We'll get back on track. Uh, the economy will pick back up. At what point will you recognize Jesus had been warning us? He warned us. He said, take heed to yourself. Somebody else might not be taking heed. Somebody else might not think it really means anything. But he said, take heed to yourself. Let's drop. Drop to verse 26. Because Jesus is still trying to get us to receive this message. You know, when somebody has something that they really want to tell you and they really want you to get an understanding from it, you know, they repeat it time and time again. They repeat it because they say, you know, they didn't get it. They really don't understand what I'm saying here. So let's pick it up in verse 26. Men's hearts failing them for fear mm -hmm. and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. We're looking at the things that are happening to the world. We're looking at the conditions of the world. You know, people don't care about one another at all. Talk to... Uh, look at the level of respect we have for one another. There's no respect. We'll talk bad about you. Post it on our social media, tell all our friends, tell all of our family, and our whole family will talk bad about you. You look at the school system. You have so much bullying going on in the school, and sometimes, not all the time, sometimes you have teachers taking part of it, teachers allowing it, not saying, hey, y'all stop that junk. You shouldn't talk about one another. Y'all are brothers and sisters. Y'all are together. Even though you're not naturally, uh, physically, you might not be from the same family, but you actually are related. From the same place, you go to the same school. You're brothers and sisters, whether you want to accept that or not. But that's not what's happening. People being bullied, committing suicide. Look at all the things going on in the world. And Jesus is still telling us, Take heed to yourselves. People's hearts are failing them. They just can't take it anymore because of the conditions of the world. Let's see what he said, man. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. The world is shake, being shaken up. And the church is being shaken up. The world and the church is being shaken. He's shaking us. To get our attention. That's what people do to you when you, if you're asleep, somebody will try to nudge you and try to wake you up. God is trying to do that for, but we're still asleep. We're still asleep. He told us to wake up from our sleep, called us a sluggard. And we're still not doing it still ignoring every sign God tries to give us. But he's still telling us, take heed to yourselves. How long is it going to take us to wake up before we recognize somebody's going to wait until it's too late? Go ahead, man. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And you know it's going to be too late at this point. 
somebody's going to see Jesus. But it's too late now. He's coming back with wrath. It's too late. So he's warning us of all these things so that we don't wait too late. Take heed to yourselves. Let's drop down uh, to verse 34. He told them all these things, told us all these things. He said, all these things are taking place in the world. But he said, now that I've told you all of this is going to happen. Let's see what he said in 34. And take heed to yourselves. He said, now that I've told you there's going to be so much trouble in the world. There's going to be so many fights, so many wars, so many rumors of wars, so many commotions. There's going to be so many shortages of food, shortages of supplies, so many different diseases, so many people getting sick, so many earthquakes, so many natural disasters, volcanoes, tornadoes, hurricanes. Now that I've told you all of this, somebody still doesn't believe it, though. Somebody said, well, I'm, I just don't want to do that stuff. You don't have to, friend. But for the one who will, take heed to yourselves. Let's see what he said in 34. Again, and take heed to yourselves, mm -hmm. lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting mm -hmm. and drunkenness mm -hmm. and cares of this life. Somebody's not taking heed. The, the things we're taking heed to is the cares of this life. You know, as I, li as I listen, and I'm not really huge into politics, but I listen to some things. I've, I've listened to some people talk about this war uh, that's transpiring. And as I listen to people, so many times you hear people say, well, if we get this group of people in office, if it's the Republicans, we got to get the Republican. If it's the Democrat, we got to get the Democrats in office. And it's a huge fight over who's in office all the time. And as soon as something goes wrong, we're just blaming that person that got in office. It happens all the time. We're so caught up into this. We're not taking heed to the condition of our hearts. We'll hate people because of a political position that they take. We'll hate them. We say, man, I hope they rot in hell. But sadly, so-called Christian people are doing the same thing. We'll hate somebody. Even, even if it's a sin, we'll hate them. We'll hate that they sin, but we ourselves, we're willing to sin all day long. We'll do this. We're, we'll be hypocrites. We'll say God doesn't like that, their sin. Yes, he doesn't. But we'll never clean up our own sins. Jesus said, take heed to yourself. You're going to be overcharged, overtaken, continuing to look at the cares of this life. Well, I, I just like doing this. Okay. That's a care of this life. But after you leave here, you're no longer going to be caring about this. You know, I talked to someone and they told me, 
they were going to commit suicide. I said, you know, why would you want to do this? They said, well, you know, I, it was the cares of this life pushing them to suicidal thoughts. And I, I understand life becomes tough. But I said, what do you think is going to be after this? They said, well, it's got to be better than what's going on. How are you so sure it's better? You better take heed. You better search and try to find some answers before you make a decision that you'll regret. Take heed to yourselves. Don't allow your heart to be overcharged because you're looking at the conditions that you're facing right now and you make a bad decision. We do that a lot. So Jesus is warning us here. Let's see what else he's saying there. And so that day come upon you unawares. Mm-hmm. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. He said that day is going to come upon you and you're not even going to know it. You're not even going to know it. And before you know it, that's it. Why though? It's not that he's not giving us signs. See, that's what I love about God. He's not just going to leave us hanging. Some people are are confused. They don't know the answers. They're wondering, you know, what's true and what's not. We can start that way. But if you sincerely seek God, and I mean sincerely, sincerely doesn't mean you do the stuff that you want to do But the other stuff God says you ignore, that's not sincerely seeking him. That's halfway seeking him. If you sincerely, if you fully surrender to God, he'll show you stuff that other people can't see. He'll tell you signs such as Jesus giving us signs here. He said, you'll know I'm about to come back. All these things are going to take place. Different diseases. You know, people who talk about COVID, you hear older people that talk about it. They say, you know, I've never seen anything like this out of 80, 90 years of living. Never have I seen anything like this. God is trying to wake someone up. Now we're seeing a war take place. And it has the potential to be the worst war in history. The potential now. I'm not saying it will be. God hadn't showed me that. So I'm not getting on here pretending God showed me something. He didn't show me that. He didn't tell me how this thing was going to unfold. But we could be facing a nuclear war. Potentially now. So I'm looking at how these major things are taking an effect of the world that we live in. I'm looking at how some major things are really hitting us, shaking us up, causing some major changes in our lives. And so Jesus warned us and he said, take heed to yourself. The day is approaching. It's coming. Take heed to yourselves. Go ahead, Mel. For as a snare... Well, I read that. Watch read it again. Read it again. For as a snare shall it come on all of them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. It's going to be a trap. 
that you didn't see coming. It's going to be just like a trap that you didn't see. Go ahead. Watch ye therefore and pray always Mm -hmm. that ye may be accounted worthy to, to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch and pray. We're, we're told to do this. He's told us take heed so many times, just in this chapter. But he said it so many times. He said, take heed. Watch now. Keep your eyes open. He told them in one place, he said, these people, they have eyes, but they can't see because they're not watching for the right things. Sometimes people say, oh, so-and-so has an eye for it. Some people are good at designing. You know, they can, they can, uh, designing a home. They can see how the colors are going to work together, how the furniture is going to work together, the, the, the appliances. All. Somebody said they just have an eye for it. Somebody said they have an eye for it. We better have an eye for the things of God. That's one of the things we, we, we can all have an eye to see God at work. He's given us the signs. He said, just look for them. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. That's what I love about God. There's a sense of security with God because he's telling me stuff. I don't have to be surprised when this stuff goes on. I should be expecting it to happen because he told me. So he said, watch and pray. And this is why that ye may be accounted worthy to escape. See, I want to make it out of here and be saved. I want to escape corruption. I want to escape hellfire. And I want to escape a lot of things that are going to take place on this earth. Somebody won't escape, though. Why? Because they didn't take heed to themselves. The only thing they did was look at everyone else. I want to move over to the book of Matthew. We got anything we need to? Uh, yes. Casey says, praise the Lord. Um, Chelsea also says, praise the Lord. Um, David says, we are to hate the sin, but love the person. And also we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Thank you all for the comments. Um, Chelsea also has a question. Mm -hmm. She asks, do you feel like some people need a forceful push more than others? I feel like some have to have a very, very life-threatening situation to really want to seek him. Until then, everything seems fine for most people. Yes, that's true. Uh, there, A lot of times, God does have to allow something to happen to us. It had to happen to me. And I'll tell anyone... <laughs> I'm hoping and praying for you. And this goes for anyone, as I said. I'm hoping and praying that you don't have to have something major to happen to your life. Because it could be anything. It could be something uh, life, uh, extremely life-altering. I don't remember if I mentioned it on uh on this, on the Facebook Bible study or not. But I remember talking about uh, a story that I was sent, this lady who was healed 
of being in a wheelchair for 22 years. She was in a car accident. And she used to be able to walk, but all of a sudden, her life changed. These are life-altering things. And she stayed in this condition for 22 years. For somebody, we need a car accident. And to be paralyzed until we say, wow, God, I need help. Somebody needs, you know, cancer. Somebody needs some, some horrible things. Some We look at it as horrible. But these things will push someone, nudge someone to actually start crying and calling out to God. Because otherwise, our lives are good. We say we're already saved. No, no problem. My heart is already right with God. Somebody needed this war. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you things I know. Somebody needed this war. And then all of a sudden, now, because of the fear of going to war, because of the fear of what will happen as a result of this war, now somebody's checking out their salvation. Somebody's trying to make sure, man, before I die, because I don't know if we'll be able to make it through this war, if we get into a nuclear fight, somebody said, let me go and check out my salvation. Let me make sure I'm safe. Somebody needed this. Somebody's going to need a famine, not being able to eat, not being able to get gas, not being able to, to move around as we're used to, being able to use our vehicles. Somebody's going to need this stuff so that they can start focusing on themselves, focusing on God, focusing on getting themselves right with God. So sure. We need a lot of these things. But as I told you, I'm hoping and praying that we would get saved and stay saved without the need of getting a severe case of COVID, getting a severe case of uh, any disease, being homeless, being without food being without a job, being without money. I'm hoping we don't have to get to this place. Seeing a death in our family, seeing our kids die, seeing our, our family members die, whatever it is that we can think of, I'm hoping God would wake us up, that we would wake up ourselves, excuse me, but it's going to take God, but that we would wake up ourselves without the need of those things. Because I'm telling you, it's going to hurt. Now, it'll be worth it, but it's going to hurt. So that's my prayer for anyone that you don't wait too late, that God doesn't have to go to an extreme measure in your life. See, there's a lot of things I believe I could have avoided. Some things we can't avoid in life. But some stuff we bring on ourselves. Why? Because we don't listen. Some situations we put ourselves in. We didn't have to be in them. But because of our negligence, because of our disobedience, I can tell you, I can tell you 100%. Because I didn't listen to God uh, all through my college, my college years, 
I wasted so much money. I wasted so much time doing a lot of foolish things. But God told me to begin with, Tony, don't do that stuff. But I did. And so now those things set me back. And that's what I'm, that's the things I'm talking about. The things that we're doing to harm ourselves. We don't have to do those things. Just listen to God. Take heed to what he says. Take heed to his word. We got anything else, Mel? Um, yes, LaVon says we are supposed to pray for leaders in peace. And also Romans 8 and 28 um, is one of the most memorized and quoted verses in the New Testament. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, mm-hmm. who have been called according to his purpose. It all works out for the good. Everything, even the bad things that happen to us. But I'll say this. We don't have to have as many bad things happen to us if we would just take heed to the word of God. Let me tell you what I mean. The word of God tells us, agree with thine adversary quickly. Not, not, not after 15 hours. Not after we fight. See, there are, there are people who get into a fight. You can see this happen with gangs. You can see this happen with gangs and not even just gangs, just people in general. They get into a fight over whatever. And it gets so violent, someone gets killed. Now, did it have to get to that point? Didn't have to get to that point. If we had listened to God who said, agree with thine adversary. Okay, so what? He said, agree with him. Say, all right, you know what? Let's just forget about this. let's, Let's go on with our lives. No one has to die here. But sadly, so many times, somebody's life has to be taken. And so I'm saying there are some situations we put ourselves in, and we do it as Christians. Some stuff God told us to stay away from. He said he told us up uh, earlier in this chapter. He said, "Lest your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness." Some people still doing these same things, the cares of this life, still doing some stuff God told us not to do adultery, fornication. We'll put ourselves in situations we know we shouldn't be in them. And then we'll fail God. And instead of saying, you know, I shouldn't have been there anyways. I shouldn't have brought so-and-so over to my house. I shouldn't have went to that party. I shouldn't have did it. Instead of taking heed to ourselves and being accountable, we say, well... Everybody sins. Well, other people sin. Well, what about them? Well, other folks in the church are sinning. Well, what about? Instead of taking heed to ourselves and not recognizing God's going to deal with those people, he's going to judge them. And they're not going to make it if they continue the life that they're living. But instead, we continue on doing wrong. Anything else, Melvin? Um. Chelsea has a follow-up question. What if one is being patient with themselves in fear of backsliding? Read that one more time. What if one is being patient with themselves in fear of backsliding? Being patient with themselves in fear 
of backsliding. So what if someone says, well, I'm not going to start doing right because I know I'm going to backslide. That, that sounds like the question here. Um, in that case, it sounds as if someone just really isn't ready to live right. If a person is saying, well, I'm not ready to start li-, You know, I've heard people say this type of thing. Well, you know, I know what I should be doing. I'm just not ready to do that. that just, that's just a person who hadn't made up their... They haven't fully made up their mind. I want to live right. I want to live for God. That's exactly what that sounds like to me. So for a person like that, let's go to the book of Revelation. And really quickly, Amy says, I was just talking with someone about God help those who helps themselves. There's no magic wand. It takes being steadfast. We make plans, but God orders our steps. He does. We have to help ourselves. You know, (laughs) having a conversation with someone recently and person was talking about people on different ends of the spectrum. The person that says, well, God's going to do everything for me. It's already predestined. You know, no matter what happens, you know, I'm already destined for heaven or hell. And then the person on the other side says, well, everything's up to me. But both of those are wrong. Everything's up to God, but you have a choice. God's not forcing you to live right. If he was, we'd all be living right. He's not forcing you to live right. He's never going to force you to live right. He wants you to choose. And so the question that we got, this person, anyone who feels this way, because I've heard people feel this way before, we just haven't chosen God, I'm ready to do right now. I've I've did enough wrong in my life. God, I'm ready to fully do right. But I wanted to bring you to the book of Revelations uh, because that's a good question. To the book of Revelations. And now let's go here uh, to verse. Let's go to verse 10. Chapter 1. I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to start at verse 10 because for those who haven't made their minds up, we're going to run out of time because we inherently think we have more time than we do. How many times have we known we wake up in the morning and we know it's some stuff that we need to get done that day? And we say, well, you know, I wait for a while. I got all day to get this done. I got all day. You watch a few TV episodes. You play on your phone for a while. You go and do the, get you something to eat. And before you know it, it's 6, 7 o'clock. You're like, man, where did the day go? It's because we felt we had so much time. The day's virtually over, 8, 9, 10 o'clock. Now you're like, man, I ran out of time. I got to get this done. 
but it's because we feel we have so much time. Let's pick it up in verse 10 here. And he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, Mm -hmm. for the time is at hand. The time is at hand. He's trying to tell us something. Go ahead. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. See, this is what we should be worried about. If we say, well, I would do right, but I'm just scared I'm not going I'm not I'm going to backslide. See, backsliding is a choice. See, let me put it to you this way. If we go into a situation and our minds are already made up that we're not fully committed, of course it's not going to work. See, I heard him, I heard him. <laughs> I heard a guy tell me this a while back. He he has a girlfriend. And I always, whenever I see someone dating, I say, you know, you thinking about getting married? You know, you know, you thinking about doing that? You know, that's that's God's will for us. And he said, we began to talk about money. He said, well, I don't know if I'm ready for all of that. But they, they well, <laughs> people will live together but they don't want to get married. But now, he told me, he said, yeah, when we do get married, our bank accounts are going to have to be separate just in case we get divorced. (laughs) See, that tells me something hearing this. If you're going into a marriage not fully committed and saying, you know, we're all in, we're going to be together on this. If I got $1, my spouse has $1. If I got $50, my spouse has $50. But if you go into this thing, well, I got me a secret account over here. See, my my my, my wife don't know about this one. So just in case it don't go right, I'm still going to be comfortable. You know, I mean, she might have to struggle, but I'll be okay. See, that's someone who's not fully committed. I don't care what anybody says. Not fully committed. If you got to have some secret stuff going on like this, you're not fully committed. So when we come to God, we got to be fully committed it's, or is never going to work. There's no if, ands, buts about it. We can pray. We can fast. We can read the Bible. We can do whatever we want to do. It's never going to work if we're not fully committed. And so someone's going to run out of time. And Jesus has something to tell us. And he told us in the book of Revelation 22. Let's read verse 11 again. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He said, you know what? For the person who just wants to do wrong, he said, just go ahead and do it. He said, if you're not going to live just, you're not going to live right? Say, so go ahead and live wrong then. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead, Melvin. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He said, you know what? Since you don't want to do right, he said, you don't have to. This is why I tell people all the time. My job as a preacher is only to give you the choice. Now, I'm not going to back you into a corner. And make you do right. I'm not. Because God is not doing it. 
He said, if you're filthy, he said, let him be filthy still. Go ahead. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He said, the one that's trying to do right, though, he said, let that person keep going. See, God is looking for someone that's steadfast. I believe Amy just said that. He's looking for someone that's consistent. If you don't want to do right, he said, fine, go do wrong. But don't try to pretend like you're going to live right. But for the person who does want to do right, he said, go ahead and live right. I'm going to be with you. But don't don't try to go back and do some wrong here and wrong there and think I'm going to be fine with it. God is looking for someone completely sold out. I brought up marriage. Anyone who is married wants the other person to be 100% for them. Not sometimes. Not only when they feel like it. Not even if the other person gets mad and upset. You don't want somebody who gets mad and then they leave you. They leave you for a few months and then after they calm down, they come back to you. You don't want somebody wishy-washy. Someone you can't really rely on. God is that way with us. He said, if you want to be filthy, go ahead. Go ahead. He said, I want someone who wants to actually be for me all the time. So when we see these verses, God is not going to save the hypocrite. He's not. I know a lot of people, because I've talked to so many people, and I recently had a conversation. A person was so bothered by hypocrites, somebody pretending to live for God, but they're not. But if you know what the scripture says, he's right here telling us, look, let the person that's filthy, just go ahead and be filthy. The person that's righteous, trying to do right, let them just go ahead and, and do the right things. See, God is not saving a hypocrite. Jesus calls so many people hypocrites. Why? Because he's displeased with a hypocrite. He's displeased with it. So when I see a hypocrite, I don't allow that to affect me. I'm not going to say, well, I would do right, but the hypocrite. I know God's not going to save a person like that. He's just not. And any other person in this world, any of us, we don't want to be involved with a hypocrite. We don't. We don't want someone lying to us saying, yeah, I'll do this and help you out. And then when it's time, you can't find them. We don't want to be married to a hypocrite. We don't want to be friends with a hypocrite. We just don't want to be involved with one. So let's see what Jesus said in verse 12. And behold, I come quickly. Look at how fast he said he's coming. He said, behold now, take heed to this. He's still telling us the same thing. Take heed. He said, I'm coming quickly. You don't have as much time as you think you have. He said, I'm coming quickly. He said, I'm coming quickly. Go ahead, man. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. You know, he was just talking about works in verse 11. Somebody's doing filthy works. Somebody's doing righteous works. He said, I'm coming quickly 
and I'm going to repay those people. I'm going to reward them for whatever kind of life they live. So it is the time now to make up our minds. If we don't want to do right, if we just say, well, I read into it and the stuff they're saying, man, I'm just not doing it. God said, okay. He said, okay. He told us that in another chapter, let's go, um, I think it's Revelation 2, might be 3. Um, I want to get another place here. Uh, Revelation 3. Revelation 3 and 15. Revelation 3 and 15. He told us in Revelation 22, he said, I'm going to repay everyone according to their what they did, to the life they lived. That's how I'm going to pay them. Let's see what he said over here in verse 15. I know that works. He said, I know exactly what you're doing. See, people, <laughs> this is what the hypocrite doesn't understand. God knows your works. We're running around trying to look good for social media, for our families, for our friends. We're trying to look good for people. But God said he know your works. You can't fool him because you, <laughs> because you go to church on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day you go. But you're still living wrong. He said, I know what you're doing. Uh-huh. That thou art neither cold nor hot. He said, you in the middle. That's what kind of person you are. You are in the middle. You want to do right sometimes. You want to do wrong the other times. He said, you're in the middle. Mm-hmm. So then, because thou art lukewarm. Now look at what Jesus said here. Now this has nothing to do with Tony. Uh-huh. And neither cold nor hot, mm -hmm. I will I will spew thee out of my mouth. He said, "I'm going to get rid of you." He's not going to deal with anyone who is not fully sold out. So I'm telling anyone who feels, you know, I'm not, no, I'm not ready to live right. I say, you you better make your decision quick, because he said he's coming quickly. Now you can choose to live. A filthy life, an unrighteous, unjust life. That's your choice. That's your decision. And I'm okay with it. I know somebody might think that's harsh, but I'm okay with it because God is okay. Now, I don't want you to live like that. But if you tell me, Tony, I just don't want to live right. I want to do everything God told me not to do. I say, well, congratulations to you. Do as you please. But at least you know, at least you know, God is not going to accept that. So he said, if you live this way, a hypocritical life, being in the middle, not completely sold out, not completely against them. He said, I'll spit you out. I'm not going to accept it. So. This is my hope, that we would decide, take heed to yourself. You know, that's a good question because all of us should examine ourselves. 
Examine what is it that you want. Be real with yourself. Some of us are pretending we want to live right. We know we don't want to do right. We don't want to do right. But God is looking for someone who truly wants to live holy. And I tell you, it's the best time of my life living for God. I've lived both lives. I've been on the other side. It's the best time of my life. Now, I can't speak for somebody else. But what I do understand is it's harder. It's a lot harder to live the life of someone in the middle. It's a lot harder. It's easier to be on one end, to be either sold out or fully against. It's easier when you make up your mind. But now if you want to halfway do right, it's a lot harder on you. It's a lot harder. Now that's me now. Now I'm not saying that came from the Bible. That was me saying that. I feel it's harder. I feel it'd be far easier if you just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to live right. See, it's hard trying to hide stuff. See, when you're trying to keep stuff hidden, you have to hide it on your phone real fast. <laughs> if you ever look at something, you shouldn't look at it on your phone. You Somebody walks up to you, you start trying to hide your phone really quickly. Phone starts malfunctioning. <laughs> It's harder on you. I'm, I'm telling you, it's harder on you. If you were to just live and do right in the first place, it wouldn't be that hard because you don't have to hide things. People talk about when somebody lies. They say to cover up that lie, you got to tell another lie. And after a while, you forgot what all lies you've told <laughs> and who you told them to. See, it's so much easier to just tell the truth. There's no confusion in it. And so that's why I said it's harder. So if we would make up our minds, because what becomes hard for us is trying to live a double life. That's what's actually hard. But if you make up your mind to do right, you won't have a problem. Not when it comes to doing right. You'll be able to do it with the help of God, but you got to be sold out now. You can't be one foot in and one foot out. That's what makes it hard. So... We got anything else, Mel? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> David actually mentioned that before you went there. He said he talked about being either hot or cold and said if we are lukewarm, mm -hmm. he would spew us out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. um, and then earlier when we were on the subject of marriage, David says they want the benefit of being married without the commitment that comes with being married. And we want that same thing with God. We want the benefits of being God's children without being committed to God. We want to go to heaven, but we don't want to be committed to doing what he said. Anything else, Melvin? Yeah, I think that's all. Well, I will not keep going unless we have any more questions, then I'll keep going. <laughs> uh, there was some things I wanted to go and look at. However, we have uh, went over... Uh, our time, but now we can stay. Uh, if anybody has any more questions, anyone, um, you can ask. And so at this time, I do want to give Melvin an opportunity if he had anything he wanted to say. 
Um, David also had another comment. He says, when it comes to living for the Lord, there is no in between. He said, you're either for me or against me. You can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely what we try to do. But um, I'm, I'm reminded of the scripture, um, Acts chapter 2, um, somewhere after verse 38. It might be verse 39 or 40. Um, Peter says, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Uh, we can't be too much caught up with what others have going on for, for them. I mean, I'm not saying don't try to help where you can, but at some point we have to know whether somebody is going to be for God or against God because we all should help out each other. We all should uplift each other. You know, well, we talked about forgetting not the benefits of God. <laughs> Let people know. Hey, man, because I um, recently I would always say um, God would never tell you to do something that's not going to benefit you in some way, even if we can't see what that is. I would also say um, we are, our saying is I need to see it to believe it. But just like a lot of things in God, it defies logic because with God, we need to believe it first and then we'll see it. Because um, I believe we talked about it last week in the third chapter of the book of John. He said, if you don't do these things, then you won't be able to see it. If you don't, if you don't be born again, you will not be able to see the kingdom of God. You won't be able to understand a lot of things. So you need to believe and get baptized. Then you will see. Then you will you will know. And um, I think that is all of the comments. So. Appreciate you for comments and thank you everybody for tuning in. Casey, David, Chelsea, LaVon, and Amy, and whoever else may have been tuned in and haven't commented. We also appreciate you and all of our podcast listeners. So I believe that is it. So thank you so much for tuning in. And as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'd love to see there's a good message every week. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. Guys, be blessed. Have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you. Also, as mentioned in the message, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always.